Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Standing Room Only podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standing and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well post-draft. Got some rest. Uh, start looking ahead to your 2022 mock draft. Uh, all that stuff. But we're looking ahead to the uh, start of the offseason program with the team. Rookie minicamp next week. Then you get to standard OTAs. And we get to some return of normalcy to the world of uh, the NFL. And to help us do that today, we've got two great guests for you. Starting off with one of the players who's going to be on this uh training campy roster and that is undrafted free agent running back jared patterson and 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 before you think well wait why are you going to have an undrafted free agent on the podcast i would encourage you to to look at who jared patterson is if you're unfamiliar he's the guy who last year had 409 yards and eight touchdowns in one game at buffalo um we just talked i also wrote about him on the athletic which you can go uh check out there uh but i'll come back to that in a second so Jared Patterson will join us here in a few minutes. He's a local kid as well, uh, knows Chase Young in real life. So we'll get to him and, and, and talk to him about his story, his journey, going undrafted, all that all that stuff. And then our friend Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Michael and I got into, um, we, I didn't want to just go into, so what do we think about the team now? Got into a bunch of like sort of random questions. Yes, we discussed who our favorite draft pick is, but we also discussed um, who the most uh, you know, I- interesting storylines, who's the most intriguing person in the organization, roster battles and lineup battles to consider. Uh, yes, we also talked about Aaron Rodgers and what do we make of all that Dan Snyder discussion involved as well. So lots to get to there with Michael Phillips. I think you guys are going to like that. Uh, so you can, of course, if you've missed any of our podcasts, you know the deal. Go check them out on iTunes or Spotify. The one from earlier this week was, was really good, I thought. Uh, Bruce Feldman, uh, our senior college football writer with The Athletic, who had profiled Jamin Davis, Sam Cosme, and wrote about the 2022 cl- uh, quarterbacks. Uh, he joined me, as did Grant Paulson. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that was a good fun. And, of course, if you missed anything during our draft coverage, you can go check that out. My, my cat, Lenny, is making an appearance on the podcast again right now. He's batting at the blinds. I should probably close the door when I start to do these things to avoid, but I don't know. Lenny is part of the show at this point, and honestly, I just always forget to do it and don't think to myself, the cat's going to come in here at this moment and make noise. But, of course, this is this is, <laughs> this is is how it goes. And it's also Lenny's house. I just pay the rent or the mortgage. Um, so there's that. Um, yes, now, as far as the athletic goes, I mentioned Jared Patterson. I also did a full breakdown of the depth chart and roster battles on there. And plus, you know, I wrote a ton before and during the draft. If you're not a subscriber yet to The Athletic, I would encourage you to check it out. There, There is a, if you go click on any of my articles, you'll see a, a subscription discount offer there. I think it's typically around $3.99 a month, uh, which is, you know, a pretty good deal. It's not just for, for me or, my, or anybody who's writing about the Washington football team. It's our whole NFL coverage, but it's the entire company. Uh, Ken Rosenthal on baseball, Shams. Sharania on the NBA, and of course, Fred Katz, David Aldridge here, uh, Britt Giroli, who was our Nats reporter, now is a national reporter who just kicks ass. All these people and a lot more you can go find on The Athletic, so just click on one of my articles and you can subscribe there. And of course, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, anytime, at Ben Standig. Um, beyond that, I don't have a ton to get into here. I do have some notes that I sprinkle in when I'm talking to Michael um, about a couple of updates, including some veterans to maybe keep an eye on or not to keep an eye on um, at this point. But uh, a fun conversation with Michael. But we're going to start with uh, a new member of the organization and Jared Patterson right now here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. Excited to welcome in our next guest. He is a brand new member of the uh, Washington football team. When I say brand new, I mean, like as of like today, officially on Monday, we are talking about running back Jarrett Patterson, who I guarantee a bunch of you are aware of who he is because you watch college football and he put up insane numbers. Before we get to all that, Jarrett, man, I really appreciate it. How's it going? Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's going good. Good, man. Well, I mean, look, obviously we'll get to the draft in a second, but it's a big day to get with the team. I technically, I guess you agreed to terms on Saturday. It was just made official today. What's it like? However you got here to take to, to get to that next step. And not just that, right? You grew up a fan of Washington? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, credit that to my mom. She was a, a huge fan, you know, back in the day. So she was definitely an influence. But uh, it's a good achievement, you know, getting closer to your dream. And I'm just thankful for the uh, opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And so you grew up, I grew up in Montgomery County. You, I saw you played uh, like little peewee balls sort of like in Bowie. Is that where you uh, you grew up? Yeah, I, I grew up uh, in, in mostly in Glendale. In the Glendale area near, 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 near kind of Bowie and, and like Lanham. I played right there, you know, Bowie Bulldogs. So right right in that area. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to pick the team, like, you know, some people like to play near home. Some people want to want to get away. Obviously, there's been actually a lot of local guys recently. Chase Young, who obviously you you know, you guys were at uh, Pilates together in high school. So what uh, – w- obviously, you're happy to be here. But when you were thinking about the draft, did you kind of want to be – with the hometown team or were you kind of thinking maybe it'd be fun to go somewhere else? Uh, it kind of didn't matter. You know, I just wanted the opportunity, you know, to play at the next level. So, but, you know, the hometown team uh, gave me the opportunity. So, like I said, it's definitely an honor, you know, to play, play in sports, right, right in your backyard for the team. But it really didn't matter. I just needed the opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, and so the opportunity, so Washington uh, signed you as, a, as an undrafted free agent. I know the draft – must have been challenging a bit. I, I don't want to belabor on that, but obviously you made a huge name for yourself last year. You know, we talk about guys who have big games, 150 yards, 200 yards, 300 yards. You had a game 409 yards and not one, not two, not three, eight touchdowns. I mean, I don't know how many times you've had to talk about this game, but obviously it's insane. Um, that was one game, just to be clear, against Kent State. Um so obviously there's a lot of attention on you uh, and you, it wasn't just the one game. You had a lot of production beyond that. Um, what were your sort of your thoughts going into the draft and kind of what was it like to sort of watch and not kind of yeah. unfortunately get your yeah, name I mean, I, I mean, it sometimes uh, it happens like that, you know, uh, when, I, when I declare, you know, um, you know, I feel like, you know, coming from a school, I come from university at Buffalo, uh, you should have to, you know, you have to um, be aware, you know, what if you get drafted or you don't just come in as the same person, ready to work. Because at the end of the day, the people that got drafted still has still have to prove it, you know, when, when you get on the field. But definitely was uh, frustrating. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and not lie to you. But uh, it, it was it was it's something that made me get more motivated. So, like, like I said, uh, it, it's not how you get in. It's how you stay in. Um, and so as you're getting near the draft, I presume teams are contacting you. Do, do you kind of remember like how many teams were contacting you and what was it like when you heard that Washington was, was one of those teams? Uh, Washington was kind of, I mean, it, it was already kind of like a, a mutual interest between me and Washington just because of, you know, I talked to coach Jordan and, you know, of the, the, the relationship with Chase, you know, he kind of vouched for me and he was like, man, they really like you. And, you know, uh, they kind of already, kind of already been contacting with them, but it was really Washington and Atlanta, and you know, I feel like Washington was the best fit for me. Did you talk to them before the draft? Like, did you have any sense that they were kind of interested yeah. in you? Yeah, we had we uh, me and Coach Jordan, the running back coach. We talked. You know, he he liked me as a as a as a player, and he told me that you know uh, they were excited about me and stuff like that. So you know, I kind of knew that they were interested. You know, but uh, so it, it, I feel like it worked out for the best. And I feel like uh, God put me, you know, put me here for a reason. But based on the conversations that you had with him, do you kind of have a sense of like what, how they view you? You obviously were a workhorse back at Buffalo, maybe didn't catch as many passes just based on how things were going. But do you have a sense kind of like how they view you, uh, perhaps? Uh, not really. Uh, they always, uh, they kind of, they kind of just seemed, you know, Coach Jordan said he felt like I was one of the best natural runners in the draft, but, you know, they know like the, the skill set is there and I can't wait to show that come, come rookie minicamp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'll just say, look, obviously I, 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 I don't control the roster. So whatever I say is irrelevant, but like Antonio Gibson was the the big rookie last year. He, he's in a good spot. JD McKissick is the, the, the passing down back and Peyton Barber is here as the, he was a short yardage back, but obviously there's, I, I personally think there's an opportunity for a rookie running back to come in and, and get a spot just based on the, 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 the numbers game. So I think, you know, all things being equal, you may have landed in a pretty good spot to have, to have a shot. So that's gotta be exciting. You mentioned Chase Young, you talked to him. Um, how much were you talking to him, like kind of leading into the process and how much did you maybe like sort of just lean on him about kind of the process itself. And then also kind of learning more about Washington. Yeah, kind of, it was like kind of a uh, day, day two, day, like day two at the end of day three, 
he was kind of, he was just kind of telling me just be patient, you know, and he was just saying like how they was really interested, you know, and I felt like, like I said, it's, I feel like it's a great situation for me. You know, I feel like I can, you know, I can help add value to that running, running back room and make my way on just on the team to contribute in, in any way I can, so. You know, I was going to ask you to sort of maybe describe your game for people that haven't seen it, but I just want to go back to that the the, the four hundred nine yard game. Which, by the way, uh, in in I think it was the game right before it, you ran for over three hundred. <laughs> so it was yeah. pretty insane. What's it like? We I, we we see like for say for like basketball players when the guys just cannot miss a shot, they're in the zone, as it were. What's it like when you're when you're a running back? And you are just piling up that many yards. I can't even imagine in your wildest dreams you could have comprehended. A hundred yard game is considered good. Three and four hundred. What what is it like, particularly in the four hundred yard game, when you just literally cannot be stopped like that? Yeah, it's unreal. You know, uh, just running, running, running games, running, running, having the guards. Uh, it's kind of just the offensive line uh, doing their job, and me just capitalizing what the offensive line line is doing. What, what kind of so for people who haven't seen you or maybe you've only seen a highlight or two, how would you sort of describe your, your game? Like what what are your how yeah how would you basically describe your uh, your game? I feel like I'm I'm all all all, uh, all around back. You know, have good contact balance, good vision. You know, uh, low center gravity. You know, I can I can run the ball as you can see. You know, in the tape. And but also a lot of people don't know. I can be an asset in in the uh, in the passing game, so uh, it's just for like I haven't even scratched the surface yet, and I feel like you know a lot of a lot of people going you know gonna be kind of surprised and you know open their eyes like man this this guy can really play some football. <laughs> for sure, um, I mean I, I presume you weren't playing a ton of special teams at Buffalo when you're the lead back, but what about special teams either in the return game or just actually on the, no, the uh, I, mean, I, I didn't play tons, but in my starting career, like when I first got there first, but some, I did play some such team and I'm willing to do that. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a football player, so I can do those things, you know, it's natural. So it's, that's not a problem. Um, awesome. Well, look, I think it's really exciting. Um, you're going to bring, you know, they, 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 they have 10 other uh, rookies that came in. You're the only undrafted free agent though. And just based on, your position, the stats, you're going to be one of the guys that I think people are really going to be interested um, in, in, in learning more about. Um, I got a couple of like random questions that I asked some people. So I'm just going to, I'm going to jump in and ask you a couple of things. You're, you're on uh, Twitter. Uh, you have followers on Twitter. Who is somebody on Twitter that doesn't follow you that you wish did? Uh, probably uh, LeBron James, of course. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm, it, yeah, I remember uh, it's crazy because after that Kent State game, he kind of uh, shouted me out on, on IG, you know, and, and I thought I was pretty cool, but I love, that'd be pretty cool just for him to follow me on Twitter for sure. That, that would be amazing. I mean, obviously I'm sure you got a lot of attention after the game, but <clears throat> what's it like when you see uh, <laughs> that guy, like what, what was, was that like the highlight of the post game uh, situation? Yeah, I didn't believe it. Teammates were, you know, reaching out to me, you know, sent screenshot and send it to me. And, you know, and then I said, I'm like, man, that's crazy. So. <laughs> so, so this may be the answer to my next question. I don't know, but who's your uh, all-time favorite athlete? Uh, I mean, it's a lot. You know, in football, I feel like uh, it's one of my, you know, Barry Sanders. I'm, I'm a big Barry Sanders guy. Uh, you know, uh, but in basketball, it definitely has to be uh, LeBron James. Uh, yeah, Barry Sanders would be a good one. So, since you grew up a fan of Washington, who was your favorite Washington player growing up? Oh, uh, Sean Taylor, easy. You know, I, I, just the way he played the game. You know, I, I was the big, you know, Sean Taylor. Fan. Sure, that that that, that makes sense. Um, you 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 know Chase Young personally from back in the day in high school. So give us a give us a Chase Young story. Something we don't know. You can make you can make it embarrassing. It'll be that that'd be fine. <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, this turns. I mean, I remember uh, just him, just him, just him in eighth grade until what he is. That's crazy. You know, being goofy and. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I remember we will play pickup games, and they'll get very uh, in basketball, and we'll we'll get very competitive and and things like that. And one time, uh, I actually beat him in a basketball game, but he probably he probably won't he probably won't say I did, but I did, but I, I beat him in a basketball game. I wrote a story last year about his playing days at Damatha because he talked about you know that he had game and you know uh, and all that, and we you know, wrote about. Uh, you know, you know what, what he could or couldn't do, and and uh, you know he he's definitely thinks he's 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 got game. I'd like to I'd like to see it someday. I, I've seen some clips. He's kind of like a now he now he he got game. He got I, I mean, can't, I've seen it. 
if you play the yeah, bad, has, like you can't be. Yeah, you, nah, you gotta be. Yeah, you gotta be doing yeah. something right. Yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, you're right. He has game, but I just know that that I gave him a couple buckets. You know, back in the day. Uh, I, I I got it. Um, I don't know. So obviously, you're gonna have a, a rookie mini cam, camp coming up here soon, yeah. and then once you kind of get in with them, you're probably just gonna they're gonna send you, kind of lead you to what you know what you have to go through what do you think for you is like the next step right now is like things to work on as you kind of get ready for this uh, next step uh so i heard you know rookie mini camp is um may 14th so that's coming up just really getting you know uh just working out you know staying in shape stuff like getting just getting ready for that you know so i can make that that first you know strong impression that oh yeah this guy's for real so um, for sure. And, and, you know, I, in, in trying to, you know, get ready to talk to you and then I, like I said, I knew about the 400 yards, but I didn't know a ton about your background. The one thing I, I caught, I was looking at a story, I think it was on ESPN from a, a month or so ago, you were in your preps in your peewee days and you kind of weren't playing a ton initially you get, you start, you, you play in high school, the colleges are kind of overlooking you and you get the Buffalo and you're not really playing right off the bat. And it seems like this is this constant theme for you. Yeah. And like, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I kind of like people, people in the, um, you know, my family, you know, friends, we, while we was watching the, uh, you know, draft, they were crying. You know, it was like, you don't deserve this. You know, you put in so much work. And they said, why, why are you not upset? I simply told them I've been here before. <laughs> you feel me? If you just look at the track record, I've been here before. This is nothing new to me, you know, and, and I was okay with it because I know that every step, you know, I, I've been through, I had to prove it. You know, and and that's just my mo. You know, and and I'm going to, whether whether or not you know people whether people felt like I should have been drafted or not, that's just what I do. So, is there one of those steps, one of those other stops that you kind of fall back on in particular for for motivation or a reminder that that you did kind of go through this before? Was there any one in particular that could have stood out? Uh, just you know, not really. Just 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 my my whole football uh, career in general. You know, just. Being under recruited in high school, um, you know, not 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 being, you know, not just yeah, being under recruited in high school, you know, people always in people in college coaches saying you're too small, you're not fast enough, and and, and now you know there was 18 backs taken, I wasn't 18, so I'm, now I'm ready, I'm more beautified, chip on the shoulder, I'm ready to prove you know myself right. Well, I was going to mention the 18, and you obviously are aware of that number. Um, and I was going to mention a lot of guys talk about playing with a chip on their shoulder. Sometimes I'm sure it's real, and sometimes it feels like it's false motivation that you're just trying to say. I think in your case, it seems pretty evident based on what's happened, and you just mentioned that number. Like, do you, how much do you really think that that, like, are you going to pay attention to those 18 guys and see what they're doing, like, that type of thing? I mean, not pay attention, but, you know, every time I touch the field, I'm putting 18, you know, on, 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 on my, my, my tape, you know, on my cleats, just to remind myself, you know, that 18 backs were taken, you know, ahead of you. And, and then that it's, it's go time every time I touch the field. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Jerry, man, look, I'm really excited to see what, what what's going to happen. I don't know. At some point, hopefully we'll have a chance to meet face to face in this uh, pandemic world, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Best of luck with that. Congrats on starting the new stage of your career. You get to do it local. I'm sure your family is pretty excited about that as well. Um, so, so congrats and uh, look forward to uh, seeing what you do out there with the Washington football team. All right. Um, we're going to now switch gears away uh, from the uh, from one possible roster candidate to all of them. And we're going to talk about the roster, uh training camp uh, storylines. I don't even know what else. It's going to be quarterbacks. A lot, of, a lot of randomness about to happen. And who better to dive into the randomness of the Washington football team than our next guest? He is Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Are you uh, Are you the uh, chief of the random, are you the official random correspondent of the podcast? Is that, is that Yeah, you bit? know what I love about this? I've been on enough times now that you you start saying like, you start promising the audience something, then you're like, wait a second. Now we got Phillips on today. Who knows where this is going to go? It's uh, it's chaos theory. So I uh, we we got a, a, a I was playing uh, cards the other night, uh, spades. I'm not any good at it. I'm terrible at it. So I, I just started making like, and the guy the guys we were playing with were like super good. So I just start making random plays that don't don't make any sense at all. They're like, wait, you shouldn't. Have, uh, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. They're like adding up everything in their price. No, this is my only chance to win is making you believe that I will do anything at any time. I think that's like one of the reasons why like poker is so interesting is like 
real the real players play with a certain mentality and then randoms come in and just completely do stuff you're like well that doesn't make any sense and then that's how you get like you know some some, some crazy upset as it were and and i can imagine why people get so angry because it's just complete you know complete clown oh, yeah. show but hey we're going to vegas this year that's it's all i think about every day i wake up you know i wake up i don't, I don't get paid enough the hours are too long uh you know the, the team hasn't been good for a while but then i think we're going to vegas this year oh it is uh it is noted <laughs> i i i i you know I, i'm i'm double vaccine shotted at this point and all i keep thinking is yeah uh the the, the upcoming road trips particularly that one this is the, I, I mean i obviously haven't been to vegas now since uh the summer of 2019 for nba summer league which would make this the longest i've, I've gone i've been i haven't gone to vegas since i was i want to say in college most likely on the beat to wake up with a tiger in his room or her room uh, i don't know about, I, I don't i don't it, i would say it's more <laughs> likely to have not gone to sleep because he's still sitting at the blackjack table all right so we'll, we'll give tischler the most likely to wake up with the tiger in his room title oh yeah that, that that's a that's a reasonable <laughs> that's a reasonable call there all right go. so I, I came up with some some questions i asked some folks on twitter for some thoughts as well uh kind of you know i just didn't want to just do the same old so what do we think about the team now so we got but some, some of them are some some so some standard ones, some of them a little bit different. I don't know. We'll figure it out along the way here. Um, I guess let's just start, though, with sort of the basic. The draft, they had a draft, Michael, I don't know if you're aware. And <laughs> they came up with 10 picks. You, we can tack on uh, Garrett Patterson, who was kind enough to join the podcast yep. as well, since he's the only UDFA and he's a, a, a name. Um, so yep. we tack all those 11 guys and we just say, favorite draft pick. You can define that however you want. Best talent, uh, best uh, – best uh, interview big build of need I don't know however you wanted to find favorite draft pick what did you got you know uh, let's let's just be cliche out of the gate I like Jamin Davis I, I really do and, and here's why I love him you know one and I'm not the kind of guy who blindly trusts the coach you know that but look he's Ron Rivera he's a former linebacker he's coached great linebackers he knows linebackers and he got to pick his linebacker, an important piece of the puzzle here. I, I trust, I trust him. Like, that's why you hire Ron Rivera. Like, you know, what, what do you make of this? Do you, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. I just know that we got the best linebacking picking coach in the league, you know, maybe Belichick. I don't know. But, but I, I think this guy's right up there with him and he got his guy. The second thing I love about it is the board was great for them at that moment. Darisaw was still on the board. There were a lot of other very plausible picks on the board that they could have taken, that they could have gone with. So the fact that, you know, there, there was all this talent, Ron got to go the direction he wanted to go, I think is very telling. And I, I mean, shoot, like this kid's measurables are insane. And so you put him in a good spot with good coaching and a good supporting cast. You how we haven't gotten to say that in Washington in a while. Good supporting cast, uh, but but he's got one here. Jonathan Allen's going to be on the same. Cole Holcomb's going to be on the same unit. His Cole, Cole's a smart dude. John Bosick's going to be able to give him good advice. Of course, Chase Young. Uh, you know, you feed off of that energy. I, I think you know Landon Collins can help him buy a car. I don't know. Uh, you know what? what <laughs> he, he's in a good spot. He seems to be a very athletic, good kid. Uh, hard not to be excited about that. By the way, I just need to give a quick visual here since this is a, a, a podcast you can't see. Uh, Michael's kind enough to do this from his office. He's taking a he, – he, he, I believe, is in the break room or, I don't know, somewhere the Richmond Times dispatch, but he's walking. He's taking his steps. You're not hearing this. I don't notice, but I just – it's just important. He's getting his steps while podcasting. I just think that's an impressive um, – Multitas Multitasking, man. And, and uh, this is Cinco de Mayo, too, so I got to gotta earn the tequila for tonight. It's a, it's a totally reasonable point. By the way, is that the is, is that a, is that a good random two 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 holidays or not holidays back to back? May the, you know, the, the the fourth may the fourth be with you and Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, you know it's it's great to have an excuse to do the things you always do. Was I going to drink tonight? Yes, I was absolutely. Um, but now I'm doing it for a cause. Right, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I, I wrote down. I, I was trying to come up with an angle for my favorite draft pick that wasn't. The thing, and I also though I, I I just landed on Jamin Davis too. I mean, from the standpoint that look, sometimes the obvious is what's needed. They needed a linebacker. We for all the talk about how great this defense was last year, I think it was a, a bit overhyped. I mean, that they obviously looked really good in spots, but against particularly in games against Dallas's you know eighth string quarterback and Nick Mullins um, and things like that. The, you know, Tom Brady threw for 
you know, 500, you know, whatever. They, they had like 500 yards of total offense. It wasn't all Brady, but like, you know, they, they moved the ball up and down the field. And there were other games where, you know, against real teams were, they weren't exactly stopping everybody. And I'm not saying it was only because of the linebackers, but that was a clear weakness on this team. And whether Jamin Davis is the best linebacker off the bat or not, I'm going to say probably not, just they'll take a second to adjust. The upside is what they, is what they need. And if he can hit even in the ballpark of what Ron Rivera thinks, I mean, then we can really start talking about this defense going to another level, especially when you added a William Jackson, who in theory is an upgrade over Ronald Darby. Um, you know, Cameron Curls is going to be in the second year of the league. Chase Young is going to be in the second year of the league. So, uh, yeah, I think the Jamin Davis thing for what that defense can do uh, is pretty interesting. So, yes, boring, but, but boring is fine because this is what they needed. I'm really glad you brought up the Brady game because how many times do we see a team lose in the playoffs in a way that exposes them and you write it off because it was the playoffs and against a good team. And I'm thinking about the Rams losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, Favre losing to the Saints in that NFC title game where just a team really gets exposed. And, you know, so often the tendency is, well, they were playing against the Patriots, the Saints, whoever it is, but it turns out they showed the blueprint and then every other team gets an offseason to catch up and do it. And Brady exposed this defense. Brady exposed how to beat this defense, uh, you know, even with all the talent they have. And you don't have to be Brady to figure it out if you can watch the tape and see what Brady did. And so, you know, they, this was an important thing for them. You know, they were exposed and they bring in a player who will help them fill that gap, help them beat, you know, what the book is on them now. I think that's really, really important to sell scout and to know that the way that Brady attacked you was not a one-off because he's the greatest of all time. It is a thing that other teams will watch and learn from, and you have to be proactive in making sure that doesn't happen to you again. And and even though he didn't play in that game, if you watch Tampa Bay throughout the playoffs, uh, the guy who was stood out to me the most beyond the quarterback was Devin White, their uh, all-everything linebacker. And obviously Devin White was a top five pick, I want to say, and J- Jamie Davis was 19th. But if Jamin Davis can be something like that at the, you know, both teams had really good defensive lines, but Tampa Bay had more, even with behind it, even without um, white, that would be a big step for, um, for, for this defense. All right. So now, okay. So they had, they had now added a bunch of, of, of dudes in the draft. This is on top of free agency. So a guy wrote a, a piece th- this week about, you know, all right, let's reset the depth chart. Let's reset all, all the, all the stuff. So in terms of the starting lineup, we'll get to the roster more broadly in a minute, in terms of the starting lineup, What's a battle to watch? Um, I'll, I'll, you can I'll, I'll, you can continue to go first as the guest unless you want me to go. That's all right. I'll, I'll win the toss again. Uh, I think you got to be really excited about this number three wide receiver battle. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's fascinating. I, I'm a, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb and pencil in Samuel McLaurin as starters. Um, I think Kelvin Harmon represents. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is where this is where you go for your hot takes. Um, I, I think obviously there's a lot of hype around Kelvin Harmon. There was last year before the injury, what he gets back to. Uh, Brown is certainly a guy who could be a day one player. I wouldn't rule that out at all. I don't know that that's a given by any stretch, but I think he could earn his way in there. And then of course you've got, you know, Sims, you've got uh, Gandy Golden is a guy who I think some of these guys are going to find themselves on the roster bubble even, which, which is, you know, wild to say after, after their big roles last year, Cam Sims after an off season, what does he look like? Uh, and then um, Isaiah, uh, I'm blanking, Brown? Isaiah, Isaiah Wright. Or Wright, thank you. I don't know why I was thinking Brown. Isaiah Wright. Um, you know, I, I've just named too many names. It's, it's too full of a room already. Um, and, you know, the, everybody I mentioned, you know, has a plausible shot at winning that starting role. It's going to be a fascinating room. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 is, a, it is a really good one. Like, they just released uh, – two receivers this week, including Jeff Bidette, who was, you know, up when they had some injuries. And I, I wasn't anticipating either of these guys, Trevor Davis was the other one. I wasn't anticipating either one, either one of them sniffing the roster. But the larger point is that in years past, those would be the kind of guys are right, you bring for depth. They have so many guys like Steven Sims and Isaiah Wright, who were those guys when they were rookies are almost on some weird level back at that level where it almost would be a surprise that they would make the roster. Um, I- I would probably project Steven Sims not on the roster today if I was doing a 53. Correct. Correct. Um, oh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, I think that one's a pretty interesting one. I mean, I'll just spoil mine for the roster battle, but the, the, the back of the receiver room 
is 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 really interesting for sure. So uh, let's just play this out right now, really quick. I agree. I'm, I'm I concur with you, McLaurin Samuel. We're locking them in. We'll concur there. So I would handicap it probably like Cam Sims as the the lead outside guy, Adam Humphreys as the lead in the slot, Deami Brown and and Gandy Golden is like the total wild cards because one had a rookie year that just was not a thing, and then the other one. Is coming in with having you know two back-to-back seasons in college with 20 yards, uh, averaging 20 yards a catch. The only player to do that since 2000 in in, in D1. I, I I feel like we're kind of sleeping on Cam Sims a little bit, but at the same point, they then just added this guy in the third round. So and and Gandy Gold, I I would put Cam Sims if I had to pick right now as the third guy, like on the more consistent level. But see, I. I love Cam Sims, and I, I got to talk to the coaches about this. There's something I just got the sense last year that they didn't fully trust Cam Sims. Like, there were so many opportunities to bring more Cam Sims into the picture, and a lot of this is going to be how Fitzpatrick reacts to these guys, too, because you talk about Humphreys, obviously. He's a guy who could get a lot of targets early because of that comfort with Fitzpatrick. I got the sense the coaching staff liked Cam Sims but never loved Cam Sims. I always loved Cam Sims, so I didn't get it, but – also, they're smarter at football than me, so I, I, I defer to them. But it, I agree with your talent scouting. I think Cam Sims is a very logical number three. I don't know if the coaching staff sees it that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think Cam Sims is very boomer bust. I mean, he obviously, look, he, had, he led them in yards in, in the Tampa Bay game. And if you look at his game log over the second half of the season, he was he had some big moments that the, the Pittsburgh game he had um, the, the really one uh, great catch. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be into him. But at the same point, yeah, consistency is a big deal. We always say, like, what's the biggest uh, asset anybody can have and its availability? I mean, consistency would probably be very, if not 1A, I mean, if you can't count on the guy. And the thing is, they don't need to count on him now because they have so many other people. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just keep thinking he just needs a little bit, just a little bit more of consistency that, and that he could go to the next level. He's got all obviously all the size. He's going to get one-on-one coverage all day long in this scenario. So, I th- I, he would be the monitor right now, but you're right. It's going to be really fun to, to see. Um, I, I will go for the lineup battle just to pick something different. And, you know, this is not the most uh, exciting of ones, but the left side of the offensive line. Sure. I don't have a clue what's going to happen, to be really honest. I mean, you have a tackle, the the Cornelius Lucas against second-round pick Sam Cosme. At left guard, you have Wes Schweitzer and Eric Flowers. But – you also have Sadiq Charles, who, you know, a year ago at this exact time, we're all hyping up as the possible future left tackle. He then plays 10 seconds at left guard before the injury, and he never got going last year. But based on the hype, Rivera likes him. It wouldn't stun me if he starts. You're going to put Flowers as your starting left guard, though, right? Or you're not even going there? Um, I mean, if you right now, I would, I would guess Lucas Flowers as the starter. You don't trade for Flowers 10 seconds before the draft for him to not be at a minimum the favorite going into it, I would think. Even though he didn't cost that much, and even though Schweitzer was decent down the stretch, I just would be – it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't view Flowers as, at a minimum, the likely starter. That's my read, too, but I agree that they want somebody to take that left tackle spot from Lucas, and that's what makes this fun. Yeah, I know. It's really – and um, I I didn't even mention a couple other guys that we can maybe get into – well, I guess I, I, so. The roster battle to watch. I said I was going to go with receiver because, like you said, for all the guys in the back end, is there anything beyond that position that stands out, or we could just move on to to uh, another category? It's not a roster spot battle, but I think the cornerback room is fascinating as well. Now, help help me out. Give me a pronunciation here. Saint Ju is that is that? I, oh, I've been going Saint Juice, but I don't. I'm not Juice. positive. We, we need Steve Wino for this one. We do. Guy. He, He's, he's got a thing on the – you can look up on the Minnesota website on his bio. He pronounces it, and I don't know if he's just really soft on the T-E or if it's like a, a French, like an au jus kind of thing, you know, Saint-Ju. Um, so we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that. But, you know, if you talk about, you know, potential fascinating subplots down the line, we talked about Kendall Fuller to safety a lot last year, and the coaches kept saying no – but in their scheme and the way they're designing this thing, it's going to come up again. Yeah. I, I think mean, it's going to be a no again, but it's going to come up again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, 
I wasn't putting cornerback probably as high as I probably should have been in terms of their offseason needs for a while. But then right as we got sort of to the end, I was like, man, you know what? You really do have to do something. I mean, the Daryl Roberts thing is just in, like maybe he's I don't know if he's a, a, a but I was going to say I don't know if he's a jag. I would feel like I mean, jag, just another guy, just another guy. Jag sounds much harsher than just another guy. I always think. So I don't want to call somebody a jag. It seems like it seems derogatory if you say just another guy, but I don't know. Danny Johnson's a jag. Well, he didn't even play defense last year. I mean, so like, did, like I guess that would be like if we play the game of like winners and losers for the roster. Did they draft somebody who could be the kick returner? Because if they didn't, then Danny Johnson is in a decent spot to make the the, the team. And I honestly, don't really necessarily know that they did or, or did. Maybe Sam Cosme. He's pretty. He's pretty athletic. Is this a this is a world class like Washington fan thing? I don't know if all the other like. I think it's because B. Mitch was so great for so long. Like fans love to obsess over the kick and punt returners when it's 2021, Ben, they're just back there to do fair catches. Like pretty, pretty how, much. How, how many truly good kick and punt returners are there in the league? Like three tops. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I actually, one reason I was identifying uh, this uh, Oregon safety, Javon Holland is somebody that they would be interested in one. I heard they're interested, but two, I went to Holland's pro day interview. I've said this on the podcast on Zoom. I went, I don't go anywhere. I, I went, I, I visited via Zoom. <laughs> and um, uh, I was there because I was writing a, a Penny Sewell feature. But like, so Holland was there. I'm like, oh, okay, I get to ask him a question. So I asked him if, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, by the way, did you meet you, have you met with Washington? And if so, who? And he said that yes. And the person he had met with was Nate Katzer. And I was like, oh, okay. So they spent the special teams coach. And he, this guy had a, a punt, pretty good punt returner. So, um, it, it, I feel like to your point, that's the way to, to get one. It's the two for one. It's not just we go get the returner. It's or we go get somebody who can do a thing, and then can they return kicks? Nate Katzer, who who we love, by the way, uh, is uh, verbose uh, on the zooms. Um, you ask him a question, and, and three minutes later, uh, he's he's still rolling on. I would I would love to know how he is with the prospects on the zoom. Oh, he <laughs> might. Yeah, he, he's he's enthusiastic and talk. He lo- he loves what he does. It's it comes through. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's. Uh, uh, all right, uh, yeah, we'll, all right, we'll skip this one. We sort of touched on this a little bit with some yep. of the positions we had. Um, how about uh, well, this? Isn't really a, this isn't so much a question. This is just more of an observation. Uh, since we're talking about roster battles, we didn't mention running back or Peyton Barber per se. But look, I think <laughs> hypothetically, I wouldn't lock Peyton Barber in. He was effective in the short yardage stuff, but that's you know it could be Antonio Gibson or somebody else. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know, Jared Patterson makes it, it seems like a, a, perhaps a stretch, but we'll see. Uh, but in light of the Jared Patterson aspect and considering part of his backstory here is I know Chase Young, the new, I know Sean McVay. <laughs> I love it. Yes, absolutely. I, I hear Patterson. I think that's a practice squad guy, you know, good, good locker room guy. And, uh, call him up on a minute's notice when you need to. I, I'll, I'll pencil him into my uh, extended practice squad there. If, if, if Chase Young calls you a dude, that's that's worth a, that's worth a little bump right there. You get the Chase Young bump. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I, we're we're going to have to compile the Chase Young all-dude team. People, <laughs> but, like, like, every time it's an Ohio State prospect, it's not just the guy played at Ohio State. Uh, he's with teammates of Chase Young. Oh, okay, great. So, yeah, if you get the Chase Young endorsement, that, 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 that's not nothing. If you, um, if, if you tick off Chase Young, that's the more telling thing. Like, it's hard to get on that guy's bad side, it feels like. Like, he's just right. so, such a happy, like, dude. It, it feels like if, if you're on Chase's bad side, that's, like, the ultimate red flag. Um, I, 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 I concur. All right, so we, we're talking about guys who are actually on the roster. Now, however, uh, in, their, in their post-draft, I think, yeah, it was on the day three, in their post-draft, post-draft uh, uh, Zoom press conference with, with Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Um, I asked Mayhew directly about, hey, you did draft a couple defensive ends, but, you know, you could arguably still use some, some more. Ryan Kerrigan, what do we think? And he kind of punted on the Kerrigan part, but did say that they would look to add vets there. And presumably you would think that they would like to add other vets too. The, the, the roster right now is about uh, – it was 88, then they cut two guys. So I guess we're about 86, if I have it right, as, at the time we're talking yep. here. So a question yep. effectively from uh, at Brian underscore Johnson on Twitter. Uh, now that the draft is over, uh, 
there are still some decent free agents out there. Can you guys name some players that could help fill out the roster? Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a few, and if you have some as well, you can jump in. But I'll, no, I'll, I'm I'll, I'm going to leave the names entirely to you. This is why I listen to the standing room because you you always have your finger on the pulse of these things, and I always do not. I I by by joking, I'll, I'll learn about them when they get here. Uh, but you always do a good job of, of the prospects and, and keeping a big board, um, which is which is always much appreciated uh, for me, a guy who does not do that. Uh, I, two positions I've got circled are running back and safety. I, I think you're looking at at least one more person coming in at those positions. Who you got? Well, so I basically was like pulled up some free agent lists and try to go through them and then try to th- th- think what I, th- I thought. The two positions I was mostly looking at were safety and edge. Uh, just because one, they said it, and two, there just really isn't. I mean, even if these two kids or Casey Tuhill do impress enough, I mean, there's still no obvious person. And to the Ryan Kerrigan part of it all, look, I mean, my basic point for this whole time has been, it's not a matter of whether Washington's interested or not. I don't even think that even matters if, to a certain extent. It's can the all-time sack leader for the franchise take an $8 million pay cut? That That's an ego check. Most most people cannot cannot cash. So it, I'm going to guess no. And does another team want him? Well, right. That's that. I mean, I would imagine at this point somebody will say yes. But it's one thing to go to. I'm just making this up. The Minnesota Vikings for three million dollars. It's another thing to stay where you were and take that. I, I, people just don't tend to do that in life. So um, I'm going to say no on character. But here's some other names. Uh, some of these are I've looked into. Some of them are just hypothetical. So Trey Boston is an obvious one. We've talked about him forever. He's been with Carolina multiple times. Uh, you would think logically that would make sense. I've been told pre-draft or really even like pre-free agency that he would be the kind of guy or whenever he became available, he would be the kind of guy they would look at after the draft. Okay. Well, now we're after the draft and my sense is there's nothing imminent happening there. Uh, So that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. It's just, if you're expecting something to happen today, I wouldn't count on it. And by the way, even though there are free agency signings happening around the league right now and Look, anything could happen. There's no real reason for Washington to do anything until after rookie minicamp, unless they just desperately want to get a certain player. Um, yep. Rookie minicamp, we're talking right now, it's May 5th. Rookie minicamp is going to be on the 14th, 15th, according to my cat. Um, <laughs> so so uh, it'll be right at the 14th, 15th, around that range. So, you know, it may not be another week or two before we hear about any veteran signings until they get a closer look at some of their guys. Um, and in terms of safety, like, I, like Derek Forrest, they're one of their day three guys. Like, I'm not even sure if he's like a strong or free, and I'm curious if they have figured that out. Um, some other names to consider. Okay, not Ryan Kerrigan. What do you think about Trent Murphy? He he's, oh, he's wow. Oh, there's a poll. He's available. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't done a ton in the three years at Buffalo since he left here, but he was with Buffalo, which of course is where you know the other former Carolina coaches and executives went. So clearly Ron Rivera and Herney will have, even though Murphy wasn't here for Rivera, he'll have a good insight, presumably into this guy. Um, for what it's worth, I looked up pro football focuses rate ratings. Uh, Chase Young was eighth last year among defensive, I think it was defensive linemen. Uh, eighth, Montez Sweat 16th, Trent Murphy 76th. Before you say, well, that doesn't sound great. They had Ryan Kerrigan as 121. So Take that for what it's worth on that one. Um, another guy that I, 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 that I just saw. Hey, I, I don't... We, we got we got to just pause for a second yeah, because Trent Murphy is all the world's colliding. He was literally a Bruce Allen guy. Bruce loved him and now has the, the McDermott Buffalo connection. He's 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 the yin and the yang here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, look, I, I again, I, I'm not going to pretend I've been studying breaking down the Trent Murphy tape or anything. So I don't know if he how, to, to what degree his skills fall up, fell, fell up. And I always kind of thought that that year where he had what like eight nine sacks, his last year here was a bit overstated. I didn't really view that. Like when they, he left, I was not thinking to myself, well, this is a mistake, and it's I think proven to be a fair take. But that said, we're only talking about the backup to to Young and Sweat. You need a veteran presence. They do have some younger kids, so you know it's not like a massive deal we're probably talking about a one year you know like i said maybe something I, i'm making up the number in that three four million dollar range so um yeah I, I, whatever i think he could be interesting if there's no injury issues and you know people determine he was you know not not some big mess there um just another name to throw out adrian claiborne uh, another veteran defensive end he spent most of his career in the nfc south playing for the bucks and falcons so even though he's not a carolina guy it's about as close as i can get 
to, to, to that whole game without actually having been on the roster. Um, he was great. He, he pro football focus rated him right in the same range as Kerrigan. So keep that in mind. Um, I'll throw out one other name. You mentioned cornerback before. Any world, what, what percent chance would you give Josh Norman coming back? That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. What, what, would you give any percent of chance of that happening? Oh my goodness. It's, you know, we're back, we're back to yin and yang again. Like, but he is the, the Rivera world, guy though. So this is, this is slightly he, different. He's a hundred percent of a Rivera guy. He's a hundred percent of a by his career. And I don't think he wants any part of being in Washington in those memories. It's fast. So many of these guys are fascinating. Yeah. I mean, if they hadn't, if they hadn't just drafted a corner in a third round, I might be more like optimistic or, or, or thinking they might go pull, make a veteran pull a, but between the St. Juice, if we're saying that right. Uh, and and Daryl Roberts, who, again, I'm not saying is all that, but just, you know, he exists, uh, you know, I kind of think like the, maybe they just the, the last, if there's a six corner, it's either the Danny Johnson or a Cole Luke or someone like that. But um, yeah, there is, there is arguably an opening for a corner and Josh Norman is interesting. Um, all right. What's been over the in- entire course of the off season, the most overhyped anything storyline, uh, play person i don't know the most overhyped anything involving the washington football team this offseason most overhyped anything involving the washington football team this offseason um you know i i initially penciled in on the draft shock at tony because I, I think that uh i think that's where we're headed here he's going to be your your preseason all hype guy Everybody's going, like, oh, you know, he's so great. You know, give him a chance. I, I think he's pretty overrated. If I'm going to everything across the board, probably this ownership changing hands thing. I think everybody wanted to read into that, that this was the end of the story. I don't think it's the end of the story. Would you like to elaborate? I just think, everybody, oh, they let Dan buy the whole team. Clearly, they're, they're intent on him being the owner. I think this was a separate skirmish. Uh, involving the minority owners and Dan, I think it was resolved in the way the NFL wanted, which was to reduce conflict and reduce the amount of litigation going on. I don't think it means anything with regard to the Wilkinson report. Okay. Um, I, I, I like that way to get in some owner owner mentions there. Um, I'll, I'll go oh, with the- I, get, Give me a double dip on uh, the fan survey about names. There's no way they have 47 name candidates still. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> um <laughs> it's going to be fascinating to see this name when we when we find it whenever they get the name and there's a final autopsy on the whole situation will be uh will be interesting just to see what, what you know fact from fiction um uh okay uh I, i'm gonna go with the post quarterback with i'm sorry the post stafford quarterback search what or maybe i should be maybe it should be more like the post fitzpatrick signing quarterback search i mean i, I patted myself on the back the other day on twitter uh because like within like minutes of the Fitzpatrick signing, I tweeted, all right, well, basically that's it. They're not going to do anything else. And then we spent the last, you know, the next six weeks discussions. Now, granted, I, I let me not be pretend I'm a hypocrite. Yes. We discussed quarterbacks here plenty. Here's why one, everybody gives a crap. I can, I, I can give you real good insight on all kinds of other positions. Nobody cares Two, um, it is the most important position. And three, I can't pretend when other people are talking about it, that it doesn't exist. But that said, it just made no logical sense that, I mean, barring the Aaron Rodgers sort of scenario that you would have done, that they would have done anything else, uh, barring a Justin Fields falling to 19. The, the idea that they were that they were interested in quarterback is proven to be nonsense by the fact that Justin Fields got to 11, Mac Jones got to 15, and they didn't do anything about it. Rivera told Scott Abraham, I mean, I've reported some of this stuff, but he told Scott Abraham, you can go look up the video, uh, that essentially they were looking at some people and there was one guy and if he fell again, maybe they could have made a move. Well, the again was what had to be Justin Fields based on what I'd heard previously. He got to 11. Well, what else do you want? He, were, were you expecting him to get to 18 and then we'll like m- move up one pick? No. If you wanted him, you would have gone to get it like the Bears did. The Bears were desperate. Washington wasn't. This was all a waste. Oh, by the way, and then the second round, three guys are sitting there like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're we're going to pounce on all of them. He's saying all the right things to make people. I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure he. They thought about it. Of course, they thought about it. This is like the. This is like the Orlando Brown thing. They, 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 they discussed it. Well, no shit. If they didn't discuss it, we, that'd be the real story. So of course they discussed it. But yeah. So overhyped. No, the quarterback thing. Uh, no. Uh, 
I like fired up Ben. By the way, you talk about riling up the people. I, I thank you for running the only program in the Washington DC area today, not devoted to Tom Wilson. So I, I, you're providing <laughs> valuable service to the, the listening public. It's weird to not watch hockey anymore. I just fortunately saw the bandwidth and then to see, then to jump in and see what happened and see your reaction. And like, I, like the, the, the reaction on the other side of the, he's a murderer and needs to go, he needs to be locked up was like, wow, that was, that was intense. <laughs> um dc man never a dull moment all right now speaking of the quarterback this is i'm throwing this into you here so obviously i don't know if you've heard michael but aaron Rodgers, there's he's been in the news huh. a bit question here from at wft news is aaron Rodgers plus dan daniel snyder a recipe for the destruction of ron rivera <laughs> i i think i think Rodgers in dc is a non-starter from the packers end I don't think the Packers would deal him here. So I, I, I think it's a hard no out of the gate. They, the question on to, to that specific question, the answer is just who's pulling the strings there. If Ron Rivera decides he wants Aaron Rodgers here and makes a deal for him, that's great. More power to him. And I, I think everybody here would be fired up about that. If it's imposed on him, hey, I went out and made you a deal for this guy. That's obviously when you know this is the beginning of the end here. I don't think Dan Snyder's got that kind of juice right now. I don't think he's that kind of a player right now. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I mean, I, and I, you know, he, we, we didn't see him uh, in the draft room. And I wrote that, you know, he was not involved and, and Ron Rivera kept him in the loop, but essentially that's about it. So he, at the moment, he is playing. And this is, I remember when, when Rivera, like the day or two after Rivera was signed, I talked to somebody familiar with the situation who was like, look, uh, Dan, Ron Rivera has not met the real Dan Snyder yet. Dan Snyder is great at the beginning of the relationships, but right. at some point he'll reveal himself. And we're still, I would say, in the early stages of that. And then the question is, has Rivera done enough politicking and goodwill to keep Snyder at bay? This would be, uh, though, an example of where if the owner does feel like he's got something to do. That, I mean, look, I, and I wouldn't even blame him. This is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the, this isn't trading, you know, drafting Dwayne Haskins. This is uh, the, you know, the biggest guy out there did you see the bill barnwell fake trade offer or yeah and i and i do it i really would it's same for russell wilson i i just think these are these are unicorn guys like if, if they're available you do what it takes to get them right so so the, just to use the barnwell thing like everybody else his his idea would be you trade fitzpatrick mad ionitis two two firsts two seconds um if you could make that deal before the season starts i'm not so I, you know I'm yes not, who knows when rogers will be in but look you know it's getting yes. up there in age i would make that trade Absolutely. And of course, your first round picks, if you have Aaron Rodgers, are not top 10 first round picks. Right. And, you know, you had all your picks this year and all that stuff. So, yeah, I would. One, one quick but to tie a bow on the Dan thing. If Dan, Dan can't meddle right now, as long as the Wilkinson report remains outstanding, because look, one of the things we heard when Ron got hired was the commissioner really encouraged this hire. Ron is an esteemed, respected man in the world of football. Everybody loves Ron Rivera. Um, he is, he represents the push towards more Latino representation and more minority representation in the coaching ranks. Like Ron Rivera and, and Jason Wright too. Jason Wright is everything the NFL wants to be and wants to spotlight. And if Dan Snyder breaks that and, and he breaks that pre-Wilkinson report, it's over for him the Wilkinson report will get him bounced. Now, after the Wilkinson report, if he's still the owner of the team, you could argue he, he's emboldened by that and empowered by that. But Ron Rivera can make a phone call to Roger Goodell and get Dan to lose the team right now. He's got, he's got that leverage. I truly believe that. Everybody in the NFL is so enamored with Ron Rivera that if he were to make a phone call to Roger and say, I am being meddled with here, the solution would would present itself and, and the deed would be done. I believe that. So yeah, that's just me talking here. But they, the NFL is very invested in Washington being good and Washington being respectable and Ron Rivera and Jason Wright being two of the faces of that. And Julie Donaldson, too, who, who's obviously great at what she does. If there's meddling right now, Ron Rivera has more power than he's ever going to have because this thing is hanging over Dan's head. And and. Ron can make a phone call and get Dan taken care of. Ron's more powerful than Dan until that report comes out and, and it's dealt with. Yeah, I, it's a lot, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. One of the questions I had, which 
we could, I'll just throw in here really quick, but uh, I know we, I need to get you out of here quick. Was one of those, those who was the most intriguing person within the organization? And like you could pick, you know, whatever Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ron Rivera, Chase Young. I actually wrote down Jason Wright in part because of some of what you're talking about. He's now, I mean, he is essentially in many ways the face of the change. Like Ron Rivera is the face of the football, but Jason Wright is the face of this other thing that's been happening over the course of the year, these other yeah. subplots. And look, there is, all, and, and so we don't know what exactly the, the fallout from the Wilkinson report will be. By the way, this, there's also the stadium. At some point here, this is going to have to get dealt with. Um, and yeah, all the other things that connect with this organization, the amount of hires, the, the, um, uh, hiring more women, hiring my, my minorities, all the different things. Jason Wright is sort of the front man of all this. And there is a connection to kind of everything you're, you're talking about. And since Ron Rivera is the one we talk to the most, part of that is on him too. But Jason Wright is the other. Dan Snyder doesn't talk. Jason Wright's the one talking for the building. Ron Rivera is the one talking for the football team. So I think on that level, uh, most intriguing. Uh, all right, last two questions, then I'll let you go. Uh, I, ha I had to, since I mentioned this on Twitter and also I care, this has been obviously a trying year. I, I don't know if people are aware of this. We had a, we've been dealing with a pandemic, still still a thing, but we all got by in in various ways, including watching copious amounts of TV and movies. What was the binge watch show or the movie of the pandemic in the Phillips household? And 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 I don't want the children's edition. I mean the adult version. <laughs> I'll go Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. I'm, I'm not original on that. That was a that was a great program. I'm, I've also resumed watching Jeopardy every night. Uh, so, you know, including including Aaron Rodgers' uh, guest hosting stint. Uh, so I, I feel uh, I feel very world very worldly with my two picks. Um, I, I don't have Apple TV, so I have not seen Ted Lasso. I feel like this is a current hole in the short term resume. I need to rectify that. I guess, yeah, but I, I have too many other I have too many options already. Uh, <laughs> I went with Cobra Kai. Wasn't expecting yeah. a ton. I had not watched any part of the series, so I've watched all of it. I can't believe to this day that I am now pro Johnny Lawrence. It is the <laughs> upset, the ultimate upset. And I'm not just pro Johnny Lawrence. I would buy Cobra Kai gear or whatever he's selling tomorrow. I can't, yes. I can't wear a Chase Young jersey because I can't be – I'm not a fan anymore. Like that. I would buy the Cobra Kai jersey yes. if I had to. Um, last question. Very broad topic. What was the most interesting thing of the entire offseason? And I'll let you ponder this for a second, and I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of say two quick answers. One, I already mentioned the quarterback, not forcing quarterback. I think that's a, a sign of Ron Rivera, of, of both Ron Rivera's mental view that he doesn't feel he has to get this done, that he's obviously in a pretty good position, all things considered. Um, but two, on some level, while it got annoying at the end, I, I, maybe I'm being exaggerated here slightly, but the Alex Smith heel turn – where he went from the guy who says absolutely nothing about anything to in not just once, twice, jumping off the top rope to effectively call out the coaching staff for not uh, more or less backing him right off the bat, even though by all logical reasoning, I don't see what they did that was wrong. None of us thought he, was, he either would play or, or arguably should play based on like our, our own all view of, I don't know, how human bodies work. So that he, that, that he on the way out, went you know really called them out and by the way again just to be clear the gq interview which came first he immediately tried to backtrack oh, by oh saying yeah no 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 i didn't mean that at all what i meant was this even harder thing in sports illustrated yeah he 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 said that the that the author the, the reporter in the gq story was someone who didn't understand sports and misidentified what he was saying oh but then let me come back later and and it was later and boom let me go even harder yeah so the alex smith hill turn to me was not something i was expecting uh, I thought that was interesting. Look, that's the way these guys are wired. But we, did anybody come out of that situation and say, "What, you know, boy, Washington really should have been more hasty in getting Alex Smith back on a football field? Like, I, in what world is that the takeaway from this story? I, you gotta, there's got to be a movie. There's got to be a bad guy. It's going to be Ron. I've made peace with that. It's stupid. Uh, you know, it's the only thing I'll fault Alex on in, in what was truly a once-in-a-lifetime story. Uh, rise of sports gambling for me. Uh, you know, depending on how the Maryland legislature moves, we might have it at FedEx Field by the end of this season on our cell phones in the stadium. Uh, it's in Virginia. It's in D.C. now, all three states. Uh, it's fantasy football changed the way we consume sports. And, uh, you know, change, you know yeah, I think uh, you can probably draw a direct line with that. The NBA super teams, movement of players. Uh, gambling is going to be the second major revolution 
in how we watch sports. It's going to change everything about how we consume the game and our teams. Um, between that and the Vegas trip, we may just have to have some uh, in during the pure off season, some, some podcast dedicated simply to the, the, the dark arts of gambling and, and various aspects of that ranging from uh, over-unders on the season to, you know, how to play blackjack. I really think I'm not going to lie. America needs to be educated on a lot of topics, healthcare, uh, politics, how to play blackjack in Vegas is high on the list. It is reprehensible the, the amount of ridiculous play out there by people who are ill-informed or ignorant, and it drives me up a wall. So this may have to be a topic, especially as you're saying the rise. You're talking the rise of sports gambling, but I'm going to lump it all in there because uh, it, it it all needs to be dealt with to make us all to make you know, to actually make America great again. Love it, um, Michael. Go go read them at the Richmond Times Dispatch. Um, and uh, we didn't even get into we'll after next time we talk. We'll have to. I mean, maybe we'll have a better sense of what's going to happen with training camp. I guess we're all just assuming it's happening at, uh, at, at Aspirin this year, but going forward, like what's going to happen, we'll, we'll, we'll do that some other time or just go read Michael because I'm sure he's going to be writing about it uh, throughout the, uh, the offseason. Thank you, sir. Sounds great. All right. Many thanks to Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Jared Patterson from <laughs> I was going to say from the Washington football team, but I guess that's sort of the point. Uh, he's going to, he's he certainly hopes he will be. He's going to be with the team for working mini camp and, and then uh, for, for training camp. And then we'll see what happens from there. Uh, plenty more to come here on the standard room only podcast. Excited to um, get back out to the, the facility next week. See action right in front of my eyes. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be, we'll be fun to say the least. Um, more fun on the athletic. I'll be on uh, Twitter a bunch. Hit me there. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to go. That's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See you.